0: You're listening to a DM podcast. Find something that's fun, that you enjoy doing. Find someone that you enjoy playing with, throwing the ball back and forth with. And if it's easy to do, it's also going to be sustainable. Yeah, otherwise, you'll be like, oh, I've got to record this podcast.
1: Hi, and welcome to Behind the Podcast. I'm Jules, and with me is Stocks. Today, we're speaking with Eden Lacey of Dragon Friends. Dragon Friends is a Dungeons and Dragons comedy show where six Australian dickheads, their words, muddle their way through their first Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Now, just to be clear, neither Jules
2: or I are Dungeons and Dragons people. Absolutely not. Have never played. Not one. Have never seen it. We used to do a TV show called The Roast, which was on ABC, and Alex Lee was one of the stars of that show. So I was across it because Dragon Friends has been around for seven years and it was kicking off around the time we were working together. Well, Eden and the gang have built a pretty cool setup here. They have a live show that they do once a month. That's right. And they've cut that into two podcasts, which is pretty smart because everyone's going the other way right now. Everyone's trying to take their podcast and turn it into some kind of live show. Yeah, it was interesting that they had the thought up front to, to do that. And the podcast now is clearly outgrown the live shows they've taken the live show internationally as well and now it's turned into what live show twitch stream youtube channel podcast merchandise the whole shebang we talk about getting into a niche audience with a podcast these guys have got a niche audience which is one of the biggest subcultures in the world
1: dungeons and dragons as he said, with narrow casting, these days, you know, before it was very, very difficult to do, you would, you're into a niche subject and it might just be in your sort of local area. But with podcasts, they're able to find that niche around the world. So that audience grows huge.
2: And I guess, look, at the end of the day, we're both into improv and stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially what this is. So I ended up really getting a lot of enjoyment out of this. All right, let's get into it. Let's have a chat to Aiden and um, he can tell us a little bit about what Dragon Friends
0: is. Dragon Friends is a Dungeons & Dragons comedy podcast. Basically, it started out, the elevator pitch is uh, four comedians who've never played Dungeons & Dragons before play Dungeons and & Dragons, and uh, bada bing, comedy. <laughs> Off that's, and away. That's how it happens. That's how the matter happens. So that happens. was six years ago, and now we've been all over the world not over the world we've been to america we've done uh, conventions things like packs and stuff we've got a twitch stream thanks for joining us on behind the happening. podcast we got, we'll be we've back with another um, new show network next week uh some funding from screen australia to develop uh a web series great as well so way back before this started
1: mm-hmm. you have a background in in uh well improv obviously yeah you studied at uh, University of Sydney. You've been everywhere around. Looks like New York as well.
0: I've been everywhere, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm I'm an improviser. Um, I run an improv school called Improv Theatre Sydney. But all the cast of um, Dragon Friends we all met at Sydney Uni doing theatre sports, which mm-hmm. is basically short form improv. Manning Bar. Manning Bar. Man in the heyday. Apparently Manning does not doing so hot at the moment, but that's not that's not because of me. You can't blame me because of that. You guys couldn't be topped. Yeah, look, you know, yeah, exactly. Shut it down while it's good, while it's hot. <laughs> Get out. So
2: the strong Sydney Uni DNA in the podcast. Yeah. Um, seems like that's that sort of cabal
0: of the feed. Uh, giant Dwarf. Exactly, Um, yeah, yeah, we've all, that's where the show started. Dragon Friends started at Giant Dwarf um, on Cleveland Street to a pretty paltry crowd. Um, At the start, the first couple shows were pretty dire, I think. I wasn't in them
2: right okay. oh they were terrible
0: I, I, I went to the show and it was too painful to watch a show about Dungeons and Dragons without me in it because <laughs> um, I've kind of I've been playing since I was 11 with, oh, uh, with my brother's friends I kind of tagged along and we played you know into our early 20s and then had a kind of 15 year hiatus and now that everyone has kids have kind of started up again
1: introducing them back into it
0: yeah so i wasn't in the first season but one of our players ben jenkins went to new york and dave Harmon, the kind of creator of dragon friends kind of i think he kind of kicked it off from what i understand was like hey can you fill in and i said yeah please, please 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 let me fill in Um, Yeah, and then when Ben came back, they couldn't get rid of me because I was too good at playing Dungeons & Dragons. (laughs) Too many crucial characters. Too (laughs) good. Were you the only one with Dungeons & Dragons experience? Is that why you didn't get a start? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think Dave has played a few times, um, but I I don't think he'd ever kind of DM'd a campaign. DM means kind of Dungeon Master there. Basically how D&D works, for those of you who don't know. Uh, that's there's probably a, a good place to start. Yeah, right. there's, a, there's a dungeon master who is kind of the chief storyteller, the crafter of the world. They say, oh, you walk into a bar and a goblin walks up to you. What do you do? And then there's the players who say, I smack him in the face or I shake his hand or I uh, buy a beer or whatever. So that's basically how it runs. Dave in Dragon Friends is the primary um uh, Dungeon Master so he'll kind of write the stories along with Ben and I, me and uh, Alex Lee um, Michael Hing and Simon Griner are the primary uh, players we all play characters and your character names
1: I think this is probably important
0: to get out there uh, Baston look it's a totally original complex uh, character not at all ripped off from Disney's Beauty and the Beast it's got nothing to do with that nothing at all <laughs> nothing at all to do with it no but it it started as a really cheap ripoff but as these things do um he kind of took on a life of his own and has you know many hundreds of hours more of backstory than the original yeah (laughs) who he was kind of a uh based off of uh so yeah yeah does that, I don't remember what the question was.
1: Oh, just everyone else's characters. I mean, yeah. you've each got a couple in there.
0: Yeah, we've each got a character. There's a half-orc uh, barbarian called Filch who Alex plays. Alex Lee The Feed. Michael Hing plays kind of a homicidal, homicidal elf Warlock called Friezo, and Simon plays a um, a moody um, halfling or you know hobbit if you don't know what a halfling imagine a hobbit a moody halfling uh, rogue kind of thief. We go on crazy adventures through the multiverse. Yeah, we've got six. It's our sixth season now, so there is some backlog to get through (laughs) (laughs) it is
1: actually it's easy for us sometimes if we're going to be interviewing someone we can go great we'll start at the you know if it's a weekly show or whatever Mm. you can start at the beginning go a few from the middle and then go to the end and sort of see how people have developed (laughs) but it definitely is I mean it's a series you really got to get into the whole story to follow everything along
0: yeah yeah you can understand it but there's a lot of there's a there's a there's a depth of uh, understanding that comes in kind of inside jokes that develop we've kind of Actually, trying now because we we stream um, on Twitch uh, every week yeah. now, so we have our live shows run monthly um, at the Comedy Store in Sydney, which is our which is our podcast yep yep thing. So that that gets cut up into two, two it's a halves. two hour show, it yep. gets two halves, and they get released every um, uh, every fortnightly on our RSS feed, yep. um, and the Twitch show goes to YouTube. So, what's on the Twitch show? The Twitch show is a totally separate campaign we've just started called the Gribbets Detective Agency. Right. Um, We kind of have realized that uh, the. The, the barrier to entry to our podcast, our six-year narrative podcast, yeah. <laughs> is becoming significant. So, we decided, okay, let's do a Twitch stream, which is the same people playing Dungeons & Dragons, but with new characters. And you can jump in, and it's a, a four-hour or two-hour buy-in, as opposed to a 80-hour huh. buy-in. Which, yeah. Is, yeah. which is great if you want that, but if you don't, it's kind of a, a different option. Yeah.
2: It's quite interesting because a lot of podcasts are trying to become live shows, make money that way. Mm. You guys seem to have gone the other way and had a live show format that you've converted into a podcast. Was that the thinking? Do you know?
0: I remember, I'll i admit when podcasts first appeared in, in the ethos of like, you're yeah, nice. That's going to be great radio. Ha idiots. <laughs> 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 but it's like, oh, of course, it's amazing. It's it's talk radio. It's whatever you want, whenever you want it. Um, so I don't... I think the podcast has um, helped uh, certainly grow the reach of the show. There's some we get some. There's something like you know seventy thousand plus downloads. I think we get of, of an average. It's bigger than the uh, comedy store's capacity. Great, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. we've got listeners all over the world. Um, so it's it's the kind of thing where we definitely wouldn't have been been able to do that without podcasts. We also have a Patreon who kind of people support us, um, uh, that way. And again, that comes directly out of the, the podcast thing. Uh, but I think that the success of the podcast is tied into the fact that it's a live show energy. Um, you can hear the audience in the podcast and we're all, we all started performing in front of live audiences. So, um, you know there are kind of riffs and uh, repeated gags, which are all kind of fed and informed by the people who were performing in front of. And I and I hope that you, yeah, I th- I think as an audience you f- you you feel that you feel part of that audience when you listen to the show.
1: Yeah, well, a lot of people come with like, well, I mean, I guess it depends on the ep- on the show, but some of the people that we speak to have developed an audience doing something or other along the way, and they bring it into the podcast. Mm even having, like, a live show if you're anyone. I mean, I think making it about Dungeons & Dragons has got to be one of the biggest kind of hacks ever and hack in terms of get people in there quickly because this is a devoted subculture. Mm. I was surprised to hear that it wasn't, like, straight away a success. Did it take a little bit of time for that to feed into the uh, into the ears of those who play?
0: Well, I think, I think it's, like, t- today, 60s in, you're like, oh, this is a devoted sub- subculture. But I think... I think at the different. time it was like who's gonna come to this show for nerds like nerds are gonna come to this show has anyone ever seen a nerd <laughs> and like they all you know crawled out of the wheel crawled <laughs> out of the woodwork I was like oh there's there is no live show for this audience yeah. um so quite by accident um, that happened and our you know our the, our live show audience are so, loyal and lovely and they do you know we have each year we have a half-assed cosplay competition where they'll just put in no effort very low to no effort (laughs) um uh outfits but yeah no they um no they're really a really lovely warm audience who are you know in a discord server and a facebook group and it's yeah it's a weird kind of it's a a, there's a fandom has kind of built up around it which is all foreign to me but Yeah, It's fantastic. It lends itself to the podcast medium so
2: well. I just never would have thought of it. (laughs) Uh, It's Dungeons and Dragons. It's a live show. But it's incredible because you're right. There's the interaction of the crowd. It really brings it alive. Mm. The music is incredible. Mm. Um, And also, it's it's a structure. I think it's really important because you're all improvs. Mm. It's so important to have a structure that you can then freelance within and it really gives it a format and you can you know you've got an hour show love it
0: yeah it's the kind of thing where when you have the structure of a reality and it's the same kind of the same is true with live improv non Dungeons and dragons improv where you have when you've established the walls of reality it's you can be free to play within that when there's no strictures things become very vague and you know what's real and uh, stakes are much more easily established when you have those. You are these people in this place. Um, what do you do? And it is the kind of thing where I agree with you. It is great for a podcast. I'll often listen the podcast back, and I think watching like a, a Twitch stream is a different experience. And I, I don't enjoy it as much because the it's perfect podcast. Because Dungeons and Dragons is an auditory medium. Yeah, but the Dungeons and Dragon Master, your mate, you're sitting in a garage, says to you, "You're in this place. You have to imagine it yourself, anyway." So it's kind of the perfect thing to podcast.
1: You mentioned the music before. I mean,
0: who's on the who's on the piano though? Keith. Well, it's it's our our current musician, and for the last few years, a guy called Tom Cardi, who is, um, I think, a kid who I taught. Improv tour in high school. Right, okay. And he's just kind of um, hung around and our previous musician moved to Singapore so he needed a new musician. And yeah, he's great. He's weirdly just blown up on TikTok. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> just from... Because he started improvising and now he's, uh, you know, writing improv songs and stuff. So, yeah. Tom, oh, the kids. Tom yeah. Cardi. I think he's Tom... Yeah, Tom Cardi. Anyway, look him up on TikTok. You'll find him
2: When did he take over? Because there was definitely a shift in the music. Listening to some of your early episodes... I was really conscious, like, oh, God, the music's really ramping up right now. But listening to more recent episodes, it's just, it's there just adding
0: value, but you're not aware of it. I think it's a real, it's it's changed. Yeah, our early, our first musician was a guy called Benny Davis, who was also in Axis of Awesome. Oh, yeah. Who were a, uh, again, uh, a comedy band who came out of sydney uni they all met there so benny was part of our original cast and yeah he's a genius
1: yeah well i remember hearing some enya bang dropped in at some stage so yeah. yeah
0: he was i would listen i would often listen to those early shows and listen to him and he'd be like playing like ludicrous all i do is win in the yeah. background while there's a fight happening i was like shit this guy's a freaking genius um so yeah look all huge respect to benny i think he um lent uh um yeah a, a great deal of value to the show. Mm. He doesn't live in Australia anymore, so he can't can't do the shows. Lost in Five, yeah. yeah. I like them both. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cardi is it's it's interesting. I've kind of I have talked to Tom Cardi. Uh, Tom, I'm sorry to reveal these secrets, but you know what happens on podcasts. Everyone knows about <laughs> it. No, but it's interesting. So I'll talk to sometimes in the in the early. The most boring part of Dungeons and Dragons, if you're not playing it, is the fights. Because it's just maths. It's just rolling dice. dice. If you're rolling your own dice, <laughs> you're like, ooh. <laughs> 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 but if you're not, you're like, okay, hang on a minute. Okay, 17 plus 2 minus 4. Three, that's seven. Wait, no. And and maths is hard, especially when there's 100 people looking at you. Um, I've got to say
1: that Dave's got a pretty good
0: yeah, quick he's, mind on it. He's, he's, he's on it. So sometimes, yeah, sometimes I, we want to push the music more too, and I think Tom's definitely getting better at. You actually want... The music to do the opposite of what is happening in the scene. If the scene's slow, you want fast music to keep the to to, to keep the pace up. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. Whereas if a if a if a scenes if there's already action happening in the scene, you don't really need the music to provide the pace because it's doing that. But I think it's definitely uh, something that has made our podcast a lot better is having that music help the pace through those more mathematical yeah, the portions. Yeah. 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 Um, And you've got a a slew
1: of special guests who have joined you guys along the way. I mean, was it tough at first to get people to want to come on this and then suddenly everyone's banging down your tavern
0: door? No, no one wants to do it. (laughs) Like, very few people. Um, That's not true. Scott from Tripod. Um, the, you know, legendary Australian musical comedians is, again, like a huge uh, D&D fan. So uh, when we did PAX, which is a big, the Penny Arcade Expo down in Melbourne last year, we were meant to do it last year. Of course, many mm-hmm. things were cancelled. Yeah, the tripod came along and wrote, like, a special song specifically for us because I think, yeah, it's... it's There's a thing about this audience where, like, if you like D&D, you, you love D&D. You're yeah. not you're not fine with it you either you're mostly all in or you're you're kind of eh, you're you don't do it um but yeah otherwise all the other amazing comedians that we've had are just kind of mates of ours from you know sydney improv sydney comedy um and you know years of going to comedy festival doing our own shows and stuff so it's just favors that we've called in and yeah i think People once they do it, people find it really fun. But there is that like, what do I? What am I supposed to do? <laughs> um, what do I do? Just do whatever yeah. you want. And yeah, it turns out great.
1: What are the kind of big changes you've seen, not only doing the live show but the podcast and everything that comes with that over the years? I mean, have are you involved much in the in the editing or like actually putting together the podcast show? Or do you have a, a sort of
0: um, no, approval I, on there? I don't. We have had. We were. We kind of. We've had a few different editors over over the years. The guy who edits our podcast now is uh, Hugh Guest, who is very good. He and kind of has improved the format of the show, where he'll take a little um, snippet from a joke from somewhere, put it at the top. And then, you know, have the intro song after that. Um, So, yeah, and he's very good at balancing all that. I'm not a, I'm no technical. I'm no scientist. (laughs) I guess is what I want to say. I'm just talent. (laughs) I just walk in, I say some dumb shit. and uh, Excuse my my language.
1: Did you find it weird listening to it at at first after performing? I mean, generally when you're doing improv stuff, do you just kind of do the show, leave it up there, you forget about it, that happened, and then you're on to the next one? Well, I
0: think that's the exact reason why it is listenable. Yeah. Will I'll kind of get I'm I'm sure I kind of have stage blindness or stage amnesia, where you're when when you're improvising you can't really be that far ahead you can't really be that far behind you can't be in oh I shouldn't have said that you just have to accept what has happened has happened the reality is being established there's very little. Um, oh no that didn't happen because it's, it, it doesn't work if you do that as soon as the thing happens you accept it and you just have to be listening for opportunities to kind of make funny things happen or you know listening to the reality of the game and deciding how your character is going to respond to that and then you, it's done. And they're very little. There's always these conversations after a show where, we're like, that was a good show, right? Everyone's like, "Yeah, it was funny." And then you listen back, and you're like, "Oh yeah, that yeah. happened. That happened." But I had forgotten all of the things, so it's kind of like experiencing it for the first time when I listen back to it, yeah.
1: And do you do listen to them each week yourself? Or?
0: Yeah, listen back to all the podcasts, yeah. Because yeah. I've forgotten what happened in the story in the yeah, intervening month. Yeah,
1: it's a sheet. <laughs> no, oh,
2: so that's your preparation. Yeah, exactly.
0: What happened? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We're in the place. We've got to kill that guy. <laughs> Is
2: there any more preparation required than that? You're just rolling up, basically, where was I, let's go?
0: Yeah, for the player, you roll in. What a dream. You roll oh, in. Oh, it's pretty oh, great for um, DM, yeah, for yeah. Dave and Ben, there is significantly more preparation. A lot of which will not get used. So they might write three or four pages of notes, and we might get through the half, first half of a page because someone has done the wrong thing. And that's always that's the thing about improvising, and particularly D and D. The DM might be like, "Okay, I want them to go through this door, yeah, and you know, kill the vampire." But then be like, "Oh, what's the uh." What's the what's that guy merchant paying on his uh, fees? Pay? What's he paying? What rent's he paying on that cart? Let's go to the rent tribunal and the and Dave's in the position. A very you know he's has a tough time But I'm like all right. I gotta make up what's gonna happen at this rent tribunal. <laughs> <laughs> it's an incredible herding cats experience. That's isn't it? exactly Just, what yeah. it is. Being a dungeon master,
2: and you've been a dungeon master before. Like you filled in.
0: V- yeah, very recently. Me and Simon uh, always do the. Um, uh, the Christmas episodes, which are not, which are non-canonical, so you can kind of tune in and go to the bottom of each year and just do the, do the four Christmas episodes. They kind of form a, a rough arc. But the the one we just re- um, recorded in uh, December is a Christmas episode, a Christmas musical episode, completely non-canonical. But yeah, I've I've just recently started taking on DMing, and it is. I have a lot more sympathy for <laughs> Just stick now. to the script, guys. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? There's a door. Go to the door. Go to the door. The open door. <laughs>
2: and live shows, um, you get a chance to interact with your audience. Yeah. Can you tell us what they're like?
0: What's a typical dragon friend? A, a <laughs> typical dragon friend, friend of dragons. Um, I mean, they're all different people, but they all love Dungeons & Dragons, I guess, is it? They tend to love uh, fantasy and video games and, but like, you know, I'd say there's a huge, um, you know, Venn diagram lovers of dragon friends and lovers of, you know, Lord of the Rings. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's a real genre thing. I think there's certain fans who in our third season, I think we kind of went in this, um, kind of a space adventure, um, because Dave, uh, I think to his credit, has really there's a lot of different genres that are existing in in Dragon Friends, and some people were like, "Oh, when is the when are the swords gonna come back?" I really am here for that genre, but I think so the lightsabby guys are like, "Thank you, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you, thank uh, you." But I think um, you know it's first and foremost a comedy show that happens to be in the framework of a story of people um, going on a fantastical adventure. But I think it works because, um, you know, there are relationships between the characters who've who've developed and they kind of, you know, Dragon Friends is kind of about friendship. The name's in the title. Yeah. Um, you know, it's about these friends going on an adventure and they care about each other, which is why I think it kind of, goes you know it touches people and has some heart to it rather than being a lot of dick jokes which there are (laughs) a significant amount a significant amount of jokes and where have you toured um we so there's been this wild you know it's right place right time situation there's a huge show called critical role um who i think they're voice a bunch of voice actors from America who have a huge Twitch following and are making a cartoon for Amazon. It's the kind of thing where they raised twelve million dollars on a Kickstarter yeah, right. for, to make this trailer, and Hollywood were kind of like, huh? Yeah. it's like, oh, nerds, nerds, yeah, nerds. They're right. <laughs> They're a real. There's heaps of them, um, and it's like if I think about me growing up, you know, I watched the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon on, you know, this is all the stuff that that we've grown up so it's of course now adults are like oh yeah why why would I like different stuff I like the same stuff um so D&D run these D&D live events where they got a whole bunch of podcasts from over the world and we just happened to be the Australasian representative and we went over and did um a live show and some live events in LA we've done stuff in Melbourne I'm not sure if we've gone anywhere else but let me tell you Flying to Los Angeles to play Dungeons & Dragons, I'm, I was done. I'm like, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> this is the pinnacle. I've peaked, <laughs> I've peaked Joe Manganello from um, Magic Mike, the yep. Magic Mike movies. He's a huge D&D fan. No. And I got to meet him and he hugged me and I've never felt more complete. haven't shouted. Or smaller. Or smaller. Those arms. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so it travels the world. I mean, I guess Dungeons & Dragons audience in LA is no different to one in Sydney.
0: No, and it's, um, it's yeah, it's really interesting. I think they are a different kind of audience in terms of they kind of understand the mechanics of the game and are excited by you roll a 20 on, on the dice and the audience goes, ah, the crowd goes, wow. <laughs> I think if you rolled a 20 in a normal comedy show, people would be like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they wouldn't really know what it means. So there's, and I think that's, I feel like, I feel like that's part of success. The success is the specificity of the show. It's like, you have to know a certain amount to understand this. So you're special by by watching it, by understanding.
1: Yeah, I mean, with the Australian audiences, like an Australian Dungeons mm. and Dragons fan versus an American one, the kind of humor that comes along with your show—obviously, it's a comedy show as mm. well. Were the audiences there when you went over those conventions? Like a little bit, you know, unsure of what to make of you guys, or?
0: Well, it was interesting. We did some live shows there, but often we were just um, po- podcasting, you know, in a, in a in a in a TV studio. So we didn't really have that um, experience um, of getting to know American audiences. But I think. I think I, I lived in the states for a few years, and I think Americans have a huge appreciation of Australia. I think their references are still a, a very much out of date. Crocodile, Dundee. Crocodile Dundee is still the reference <laughs> for Australia, Australian comedy. Um, but you know, guys like Auntie Donna have got their show on Netflix. Yeah. So I think I think there's a very kind of rough and esoteric style to australian comedy which i think i think holds up and i think it translates i think if you like it you like it if you don't get it yeah you might not
1: (laughs) do you get a good listening audience around the world
0: yeah what do we got i think uk and us would probably be the biggest but we've got you know sweden belgium germany canada um, somewhere in like Suriname, we had a yeah. like just just everywhere weird, you know. It's one of, it's one of these, um, you know, it's the phenomenon of of, of narrow casting. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, that if you multiply this, you know, these shows would never have gotten made it in, in in a broadcast world because you couldn't attract the audience. But now you multiply a. a 0.1% niche by the entire world and you've got a huge audience. Mm. Yeah, It's all about niche audiences, isn't it? Niche, niche, yeah. niche, niche, niche.
1: And how's it been watching the, the kind of show build? I mean, when you started, it was a season in or, or whatever. Did you were you yeah. kind of surprised by the way this thing gathered the momentum?
0: Look I just like to do shows and I think it's I think there's a you know kind of field of dreams mentality you have to have a build it and they will yeah, come, they'll come. And yeah, you know there were some some season finales we've had, you know, smoke machines and laser lights and. Uh, you it know, actually feels
1: like James Earl Jones could be a very appropriate special guest yeah, for this show.
0: I would, oh my god! If we got James Earl Jones, wow. <laughs> wow, 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 wow! Yeah, I would love to get more, more, more famous. <laughs> I would love to get James Earl Jones. Um, yeah, look, it's been it's it's been fantastic. It's it's still great. I think there's an interesting. We're at a we're at an interesting inter intersection now where we're like, okay, how do we keep growing this niche mm. thing? How do we keep pushing it out? We can't really change our, you know, we are who we are. Um, the show is what it is, but how do we kind of expose? Um, how do we expose bigger audiences to it?
1: Yeah, so the, the like switching over to uh, Twitch, you've mentioned a couple mm. of times. I mean, how did that come
0: about? Were you just sort of um, it kind of happened out of the D&D stuff. Their, their live shows were being um, uh, sponsored. Uh, well, th- they were kind of pushing. This critical role was so big, they're like, okay, well, this is a huge opportunity for growth of our game to go on Twitch. So they said, look, you should try Twitch. We said, okay, fine, we'll do it. It's about, Twitch is a lot about regularity. So we pushed onto that and agreed, okay, we'll do this for a year um and those twitch shows um get turned into podcasts which go to a patreon only feed Mm. so it's kind of uh works on a few different levels you get your twitch subscribers um you you grow your patreon content and we didn't realize it but you know we'd been doing two hours a month and we suddenly went up to doing you know we would do two to three hour twitch streams so we quintupled our (laughs) output um um but yeah and and we did the first twitch campaign we did was kind of a two-year interlocking narrative which you need to understand the podcast show and it was really great but it was like okay now there's so much dragon friends to listen to if you're a new person coming you might be like Wait a waste! This is too much for me to take <laughs> on. This is too hard basket. So now, now maybe, um, um, yeah, and 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 uh, YouTube, um, you know, there's a lot of D and D content, a lot stuff on YouTube. So putting it there as a home uh, will hope hopefully uh, increase our findability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So where, if I, if you wanted to get into Dragon
2: Friends, where would be the jumping off point? So f- season one.
0: We didn't know what we were doing. And you weren't on it. And I wasn't on it. So don't bother. <laughs> um, no, but I think season two, episode one of the main season of of uh, of, 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 Dra- of Dragon Friends is a really good place to start. It's a fantastic um, season. It's really good. Um, uh, other than that, if you want to watch some, um, go to the Dragon Friends on YouTube and watch the grips Detective Agency. There's a... A, a, you know a, a two hour one shot and they're going to be much more kind of siloed so you can do a little taster there um but yeah the podcast season two episode one's probably a really good place to start
1: what, what about the sort of strategy of the whole thing and moving into you know twitch or doing youtube or how you're packaging this up i mean mm-hmm. you've created a, an industry yourselves so you've got your merchandise as well significant mm. audience yeah what are the what are these discussions like amongst the group is it a sort of Group effort there, or is someone kind of taking?
2: Yeah, right? someone in charge. Does everyone have equity in it? What's it?
0: What's yeah, it? we all do. There's a there's a, there's a bunch of us, all the cast in the show, and Shakira Khan's our pro, our producer, um, and has kind of luckily a a, 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 web, a very skilled web designer. Yeah, your so, web's good. So 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 has kind of taken over that aspect of it. But it's very, you know, we all started as improvisers, and the show worked because we all kind of said yes to each other's ideas so we have you know meetings periodically and say should we do this should we do that dave is a huge driving force behind it um you know as kind of the a a founder of the show he kind of yeah pushes he was a big um influence in pushing us towards twitch and things like that um but yeah simon griner does all the design and designs all the characters um, so, yeah, everyone does a little bit here and there that kind of helps to, um, yeah, pull, pull us over the line.
2: It feels like a collective mentality yeah. or the mentality of a collective, I guess. Yeah.
1: And Simon, I noticed, uh, was doing some design for Grantland over in the States a while back or The Ringer.
0: Yeah, he did a bunch of stuff there. He did a cover of The New Yorker. Yeah. Whoa. Um. So, yeah, he's a, he's an amazing designer and he's kind of... With our new show, he's designed all of the characters, and we've put together a little a little animatic that goes in front of the um, detective agency, so you can kind of get an idea of the characters, what they look like in your mind's eye when you're listening to the show, and give more of a an, an experience. But like a huge amount of the fans make fan art, um, so yeah, people are free to imagine what they want. So what is the audience
1: like? I mean, generally, I mean, I can mm. imagine this is one where you can get step, stopped on the street quite a bit and people just want to say, you know, season four, episode two.
0: Weirdly, a few times. Like, normally, it's like a drunk guy on the train. Yeah, right. And he's like, hey, man. Um, or I'll get someone with like a very large beard. I'll be walking across the street and they'll just look at me in the eyes and I'll be like, do I know you? I don't think I know you, but he's like looking at me, smiling like, okay, you must be a Dragon <laughs> Friends fan. You must be a Dragon <laughs> Friends fan. Um, but yeah, it's, um, I think there's, there's like, you know, people on my hockey team. It's all, it's, it's everywhere. I don't think I, this, I couldn't really classify it, but, um, yeah. Yeah, Are
1: you active in the community that is around it? So, I mean, you know, the Facebook groups and everything.
0: Look, I'm terrible online. I'm terrible. I'm terrible. There's a discord server where people are chatting. I get grief for not being in the discord server enough. Um, you want your character just to remain nice and elusive. Yeah. Well, look, I like to play the game. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not. I'm happy to ch- chat with anyone who wants to chat with me. It, it for me, it's not about um, not wanting to talk to people. It's about not wanting to be online. I've got very lazy fingers. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not a touch typer. I'm like, oh, if I write back to this, it's going to take me four hours to compose a message. But I'll happily chat with anyone. And uh, you know, he, I just love D and D. I think it's such a Especially this last year with COVID, I you know we were really lucky to be able to um, record our podcast remotely, mm. so we could keep putting out episodes all through the year. People, some of our fans sent us a really lovely kind of like ten minute message that they'd edited together thanking us for doing it I, it was it was heartbreaking i couldn't i could barely get through because i was like i can't handle this too much emotion um but we were really lucky to be able to do that and i played with my dad friends who i'd played with since high school and i really when i don't do it i miss it because playing dnd there's there's it's it, there's a sort of freedom and trust because you say to your friend your friend kind of is running the world and the friend could say to you at any time, a rock falls out of the sky and kills you and you're dead. And it could all be over, but they don't because it's fun to play together and it's about trust and kind of holding each other in this imaginary place where you can be anyone and do anything and then you go back to your life. It sounds appealing. a little bit different (laughs) to a lot of friendship groups. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh. I remember watching Jackass and being like, "I am so glad these people are not my friends. <laughs> this sucks. This sucks. I don't want to put a car up my butt. Yeah, yeah don't, don't. Not nice. wasabi. Not, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't. yeah, Why are you doing this? Um, what can
2: you tell us about the animated series?
0: Um, it's called Dream Killers. Um, that was a title that that I came up with. That's important to me. Um, Why? Oh, fucking hell. All right, it's a weird story, but it's worth it. So a few years ago, I was on the television show Family Feud.
1: Right, um, I believe right. you've had some success. Yeah, yes. with
0: yeah, with my family, uh, <laughs> my my two aunties and and my sister, and we rolled in and we were bad at it and we're like, okay, we're not going to get far, and it was the end of the first episode, and um. It was like came down to a time breaker, and I was like, just feel your feet, Eden, which is like an old improv thing. And I'm like, bam, and I hit the button, and I got the question. And they record the episodes back to back, so we were there all day, just like smashing. We like, we, the first two were close, and then the third to the fifth episode. Hit the, rhythm. hit the rhythm. We beat the other teams to nil. <laughs> I, I don't know. With Something happened where we figured the four and then this makeup artist was backstage to me. And she was doing my face while i was like in the hot booth or whatever waiting to do the fast money i don't know what they're called she's like you know what we call families like you we call you dream killers <laughs> <laughs> and i was like and that always and then my auntie who i was on the show with passed away and i was like oh that was really i was like oh so the show is based around the basically the show is about uh, a, a trivia team a group of friends who play trivia together um, and they're, they're, they're the dream killers because they're, s- they're so family. good at trivia. They crush every week. But because of the incident, they get banned from their trivia night. And uh, Gabe, the, one of the guys on the team, is kind of a stressed out dad. And he needs a way to keep his friendship group together. So he begs them for one night to play a game of Dungeons & Dragons.
1: Ah, very good.
0: And that's kind of the show of these people who are used to defeating an enemy having to learn to cooperate with each other in this imaginary game, which you can't win. I love
2: cool. it. Cool premise, yeah.
0: Do you still have the car? My auntie has it. Ah. My auntie has it. She was like, I'm going to sell it, and I'll give you all the money. And she called me up, and she said, Eden, I went to the dealership, and I saw the car, and it had a big bow on it. And I'm going to keep it. <laughs> when I saw the bow, it had a bow and on it. The bow's mine. And the, and the bow cash the cash bow's sold the car. <laughs> um, so, yeah. That's why it's called Dream Killers.
2: <laughs> Very cool.
1: And how about uh, before you sort of started this? I mean, were you into podcasts at all? Were you listening to much if you're in the sort of improv side of things? <sighs> were there a lot of people utilizing the format that you are into?
0: I think we were relatively, in terms of Dungeons & Dragons podcasts, I'm sure there were others, but I don't think there were others in Australia. Um I think I remember I thought about it. I was like, we could do a d d improv show. And then two years later, Dave was doing Dragon Friends. I was like, dope. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I kind of listened. I didn't listen to, like, film podcasts. I listened to, like, um, no, nothing's in my mind right now. <laughs> nothing's in my mind right but But, um, yeah, I got nothing
2: for you. <laughs> well, in terms of podcast listening, is there anything we'd like to get, I guess, to recommend a couple
0: podcasts they're into? I listen to You Made It Weird. Yep. I listened to a little bit of that. Um, the Treatment on from KCRW is a great um, film podcast. Tim Ferriss' show has, like, I I pick and choose, but there's some amazing stuff on there. And there's an incredible podcast that any um, artist or anyone interested in creating needs to listen to. It's on the BAFTA podcast. It's the, um, the interview with... Um, Charlie Kaufman. Yeah? His address on the BAFTA podcasts is kind of about his pro- process. Um, and it's it's essential listening.
1: Fantastic. Um, and how about advice for people, podcasters out there, other than stay out of the Dungeons and Dragons lane?
0: Yes, yeah, stay out of my lane. <laughs> I think the reason why we're still doing the podcast is it's fun to do. We like each other. We like to spend time with each other. I think... The fact that we're friends, hanging out, playing together, comes across in the product. So I think that's why it's enjoyable to listen to. It's play. It's fun. So find something that's fun, that you enjoy doing. Find someone that you enjoy playing with, throwing the ball back and forth with. And if it's easy to do, it's also going to be sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise... And be like, Oh, I've got to record this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> what? 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 I'm like, oh yeah, like, you Regrets. again. <laughs> you again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic.
1: Yeah.
2: Well,
0: That's brilliant, mate. That's Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'd just like to say, apology accepted, that we didn't get the award. I'm sure it'll be rectified next year. Yeah. I yeah. know mistakes were made. Yeah. We are the funniest podcast, yeah. correct? There is a simple cash payment that you can give us. Oh. We, can, <laughs> we can't guarantee you we'll get to the powers, but we'll yeah, go somewhere. Yeah, all right. I'll see what I can do. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome, Eden, thanks, man. Cheers.